Hey, Scott Walker here. I uh, hope you are healthy and well today. If you're listening to our podcast, You Can't Recall Courage, I pray that for everyone, for people uh, all across my community, all across Wisconsin, all across America, and really all across the world. Uh, today, I want to talk a little bit about uh, some perspective on balance. You know, we need to protect the health and safety of our fellow Americans. There's no doubt about it. The dramatic actions we've taken, you know, from weeks ago, uh, closing entry into the United States from China, then subsequently from Europe and other places around the world to uh, actions to shut down major sporting events and other activities uh, to major actions, particularly in specific cities. When you think about New York City and the problems they've experienced there, a big part of that is because of the fact that uh, being su- such high density in terms of of uh, people living and working uh, there in the city uh, it makes it obviously for any disease, but particularly for this pandemic uh, with this virus, <clears throat> excuse me, with this virus, it makes it extremely easy for it to be passed on. Uh, whereas if you look at the map elsewhere, and we see it in Wisconsin where our counties with the high population centers have the higher volumes, although nowhere near New York City or Washington State or California, but those counties with the higher populations uh, have the higher numbers that not only high populations but high density of people living together have the high numbers and in northern Wisconsin in some counties there still are areas that have yet to have any uh, a county with anybody uh, to be uh, infected with the coronavirus so it, it it's just one of those where we've got to provide some perspective and some balance on this but but absolutely our number one priority should be protecting the health and safety of our fellow Americans. But we also need to get the country back to work at some point. We can, and I believe must, do both. First, we've got to continue to bend the curve. And everyone must do their part to help reduce the rate of increase of people with the coronavirus. These things have been heard time and time again, but they bear repeating. That that means um, staying at home if possible, but, but in particular, if you're going out anywhere, even if it's to get groceries or to pick up food, to pick up medicine, stay at least at least six feet away from any other people other than those that you're living with. Clean your hands with ideally washing with soap and water for at least 20 seconds regularly. And if you can't do that, clean them with uh, an antibacterial uh, hand sanitizer that's got at least 70% alcohol on it. But, but ideally, clean your hands, wash them with soap and water multiple times a day, particularly anytime you're out. If you have to cough and sneeze, sneeze into a a tissue and throw it away. Clean surfaces, disinfect surfaces multiple times a day. And most importantly, if you're sick, stay at home. Don't infect other people. Uh, For those who are sick, that's where you can put a mask on, particularly if you're living with others. Ideally, stay in a different room away from them. Uh, but, But if you're sick, stay at home. These are things we should be doing anyway, but these are things that are critically and literally, I mean critically important right now. Now, if every American would respect these simple requests, these simple rules, we would be taking major steps to get people back to, in our country back to work after we've been the curve. Uh, but we've got to have uh, a full court press. We've got to have people helping in every part of this country following those simple rules. We must decrease the rate at which people new people are becoming infected by the coronavirus. And as we've talked about on this podcast before, that's really the key here. And I I wish more of our elected officials would talk about not just the what and the how, but the why. I believe, at least here in the Midwest, that that people would adhere to these requests more readily if they knew the why. And the why is simple. We 
We've seen a few weeks ago the projections were made, and some might argue that they're not as intense as, as they were projected, but, but that, that, that the projections were made uh, that if we did not bend the curve, if we did not decrease the rate at which new people were being infected, we get above the line, which is the line at which there are, are not enough, there are not an adequate amount of hospital beds, particularly ICU, intensive care units, for people with respiratory issues. Uh, and that's part of what the concern they're experiencing in New York City, where they've had to put up makeshift uh, facilities. And so we need to take dramatic action. That's why weeks ago, the NBA and Major League Baseball and and uh, all these other concerts and events were, were canceled because we, we needed to stop exposure. The, the more you're exposed to people, the more likely you are to become affected. The, the less you are, if you're at home, you're, you're a fair distance away from people, at least six feet. Uh, if you're not out and about doing all these things that get you close to exposure, then in turn, you're not going to be infected. So we've dramatically done that, and we've seen some positive results we must decrease the rate at which people are being infected. So we keep it below that line. So we never get to the point uh, where more people are being infected, particularly with serious conditions from the coronavirus that requires things like an ICU or respiratory uh, reaction that requires them to be in an intensive care unit. So we need to keep that below that line. We need to break that curve, not just for today, but for where it's projected tomorrow and next week and the week thereafter. But we're doing that. And, and if Americans do their part and we keep this down, uh, whether or not it's by Easter or not, uh, we need to focus in on the data. But once we do this, and why it's so critically important that everyone do their part. We, we can't just do it if, a, you know, half of us do what we're supposed to. Everyone needs to do their part. Once it's safe, I believe that businesses should be allowed to reopen with extreme caution. And I want to stress that phrase, extreme caution. In fact, even before we reach that point, we should be planning in the White House, uh, in our state governments, in our local governments, and in the private sector. We must be planning to reopen the economy even as we fight to protect the health and safety of every American. The, the two can be done. We can walk and chew gum. We can, we can do both these things. We can be taking uh, the actions necessary, the precautionary actions, to make sure that not, we're not exposing ourselves to people who might be infected, and therefore, uh, thereby, by doing that, reducing uh, the amount of people not only with exposure, but ultimately with the infection. So once it's safe, businesses should be allowed to reopen with extreme caution. Manufacturing companies, for example, should be some of the first to reopen. Each site, each manufacturing plant uh, must keep people uh, away from areas where where normally their employees would assemble. So that means limiting uh, break and meals, uh, breaks and meals to areas assigned to each individual worker. Close your lunchroom, close your break room. If you're going to take a break, if you're going to take your lunch, do it right at the area you're assigned to, which should be for an individual worker. It shouldn't be for a whole bunch. If you've got to work together, uh, you've got to be at least six feet apart from each other. Uh, even getting in and leaving the facility should be measured. So when you come in and when you leave, they should measure it out, time it out so that employees are staying at least six feet from one another. No mass entry, no mass exits. Uh, exits. Uh, it's got to be timed out, uh, even to the point of simple things. I was talking to a friend of mine, a neighbor of mine who owns a manufacturing plant, and we were talking about ways to make this work. You, you put an employee near the entrance, near the exits, and just tell people. you got to remind them. 
Uh, you can only uh, one person go through the doorway at a time. Same thing for the bathrooms. Post signs do things like they do at retail locations. Say you got to stand on the dot, the dot six feet from the door, uh, and people can uh, enter and exit the bathroom one at a time. So they're staying away from each other and, and they're strongly being encouraged. I said even put things up on the, the PA system the public broadcast system, reminding people to, to wash their hands with soap and water, to, to, to keep their areas clean, provide cleaning supplies, provide disinfectant uh, for each of the workers at the sites. Cleaning crews should come through routinely uh, throughout the day, multiple times to disinfect work sites. Those are all things you can do in manufacturing, which, which is one of the most critical because unlike other areas of administrative office work, type activities that can be done in many cases from home. Obviously, a plant can't operate from home. And so uh, we should be able to start reopening in the, in the foreseeable future, uh, the noticeable future. Once we deal with bending this curve and, and get us on the right trajectory, we should be allowing businesses to reopen, particularly with manufacturing. Beyond that, businesses should, I think, beyond manufacturing, beyond site-specific type businesses, uh, businesses in general should be also should be encouraged to keep work at home options available uh, for as many employees as possible for the foreseeable future. And for those that have, uh, for those administrative staff that do return to work, if there's an instance where they somehow have to be there, uh, they must, they must absolutely do so with safe practices like keeping people at least six feet from each other. So that means you're in an office space. And you've got cubicles that are closer than six feet. You, you've got to alternate who can come back and where you put the other people. And you spread them out, uh, divide up conference rooms and storage rooms and other rooms. But people can't be working closer than six feet from each other. Uh, not if we don't want to return to the kind of surge that's got us into this crisis in the first place. Retail locations. Retail locations should be encouraged to put up signage for approximate spacing. Again, at least six feet, if not further. Uh, they should put these signs up near places where customers assemble, such as like checkout lanes, uh, the pharmacy desk where you wait for your prescriptions, even delis and delis or or, uh, or grocery stores. Anywhere where people normally assemble, there got to be spacing guidelines. I, I've seen images of, of stores where they put dots or somebody that put, you know, painting tape out of marked six feet out, uh, marked off every six feet along the way. We've got to spell it out as clear as possible. And uh, Tonette and I were talking about this the other day. You know, if somebody wants to button line because there's an opening there and they're so stressed out, my sense is let them do it. Uh, don't get closer than six feet. Uh, a lot of people are stressed out and they need people encouraging them. You know, I think at, at retail locations, it probably doesn't hurt to have some employees walking around reminding people, uh, almost like monitoring, reminding people not to get closer than six feet to each other. This is just so, so critically important. Um, I'm going to talk about some more ideas, but first, here's a quick break. We'll be right back. I'm Scott Walker. You're listening to You Can't Recall Courage. Thanks. Hey, Scott Walker, back here on You Can't Recall Courage. Thanks for listening into our podcast. And again, reminder, we need to protect the health and safety of our fellow Americans. We've got to take dramatic actions. We've got to bend the curve. We've got to make sure we don't get to the point where the trajectory, uh, where we've got the, the, the rate at which people are becoming infected somehow gets above that level, which we have an adequate number of hospital beds, particularly uh, intensive care units. But we can do that if we all do our part. If we, if we follow the practices we've outlined, we need to continue to bend the curve. 
we can play our part, make sure that we're no closer than six feet away from others. If, if we can stay at home, we're not essential, do so. If we clean our hands with soap and water, if we cough and sneeze into a tissue, if we clean surface materials, disinfect them multiple times a day, and obviously most importantly, if you're sick, stay at home. We can protect the health and safety of our fellow Americans. But we also have to get America back to work, and we can and we must do both. And so there's more ways that we can do that. Uh, to me, another one of those is, is governments at all levels, at the federal, the state, the local level. Governments should suspend or at least remove restrictions in small businesses, restrictions that somehow limit their ability to provide goods and services. I think that's even more important now as employers are going to be looking for really unique and creative ways to reenter the marketplace Government and, and, and workers are going to be looking for unique and creative ways to, to get back for those who've been laid off or, or let go or seen their hours reduced. Again, we shouldn't have uh, restrictions that, that inhibit the ability of our fellow Americans uh, to earn an income. Health and safety, absolutely. Uh, but a lot of these things are questionable to begin with. So the government should be creative in ways that they either suspend or outright remove these restrictions both on small businesses and on, on workers out there. At the same time, the, the country must be prepared. And even with all these, uh, all of us taking these precautions, even as we bend the curve and open up uh, the economy and make proceed with extreme caution to enter in, to do the things we talked about in manufacturing and retail and elsewhere, we know that that there still is going to be somehow be, and even with all these things, even if we all stay home, we, we know at some point there's going to be another wave in the levels of people affected with the, <clears throat> excuse me, with the coronavirus. The bottom line is medical staff have got to be given the tools to deal with this. So they need to have appropriate level of equipment, including ventilators, as well as obviously uh, appropriate mask and other personal protection equipment. We need to make sure there's an adequate number of tests. There have been a phenomenal increase just in the last week and a half or so uh, in terms of tests being made available. We need to make sure there are tests available at sites all over all across America. Uh, we also need to make sure as part of this that contingency plans for now and for the future, but for now, um, as we get past this and slowly start to reopen the economy with extreme caution, that contingency plans for temporary hospital beds uh, specifically intensive care unit beds, must be implemented across the country. I would suggest using open space in public buildings like uh, schools. You know, K through 12 schools are closed, many of them, for the remainder of the year or at least for the next month or two. Uh, places like colleges and universities, many of them have open areas. Um, you know, they can set up uh, what they're doing in New York, but they could do it elsewhere, uh, setting up temporary uh, health care uh, facilities. Uh, along with military vessels, we've heard about the, the two that have been deployed to the east and the west coast. Cruise ships, which obviously aren't being used right now, should be deployed to, to large cities, places uh, like New York or maybe Miami or Houston or San Francisco or other places where there's large water ports and those cruise ships could be converted into space to provide medical treatment. Military assets with medical expertise uh, from active duty reserves and only with the approval of the governors, but from the National Guard units uh, could be used to staff these temporary facilities. You've got to be prepared and, and make sure, again, that, that there's nothing that happens in this transition. After we get we, we bend the curve, we get the level down to appropriate level, there is going to be, uh, at some point, uh, a little bit of an increase. Again, we, we've got to be on top of that 
And so we've got to have these precautions in place. Um, these, these are all to make sure that we don't get things don't spiral out of control again. But as we open up the economy, we've got manufacturing, we've got retail accounting for folks, restaurants should be continue to provide takeout and delivery services. Uh, I think there should be an effort um, on a frequent basis, maybe every week, uh, a nationwide effort to encourage our fellow citizens. Tonight and I have done this multiple times. Uh, should be encouraged to, to order from these restaurants. Otherwise, you know, many of them are going to have difficulty in the coming weeks uh, staying in business. And, and eventually, restaurants should be able to transition to on-site service, but with space limitations. It, it may be things as simple as, you know, cutting in half their capacity, uh, making sure that if you're a sit-down restaurant that you're still within that six-feet uh, window. So it may mean half the number of, of, of uh of tables available in a sit-down facility, but there's got to be smart ways that we we effectively and purposefully transition into reopening the economy with extreme cost. Now, throughout all this, older adults and people with underlying medical conditions should continue to limit their exposure by staying at home as much as reasonably possible until further notice. To help accommodate that, grocery stores, drugstores and pharmacies, clinics and medical offices, well, they should provide specific hours of operation that are reserved specifically for these type of customers. We've already seen it from a number of retailers across America, you know, opening up from, say, 5 to 7 or the first hour, whatever their operations are, are reserved uh, for senior citizens and people with underlying medical conditions. These are just more ways that we can help um, make sure we reopen the economy, but do so in ways uh, that limit exposure uh, to people who might be more vulnerable. Uh, continuing with, you know, the federal government should make sure they continue restrictions in foreign travel. Until we know that the coronavirus is under control, not only here in the United States, but around the world, we should not allow others to come into our country. To help people transition back into the workforce, this is something I've talked about more than a week ago, and I'm glad to see that that uh, we've seen action on this, at least in part, what I suggested is that financial institutions, banks, credit unions, mortgage banks, financial institutions should provide deferrals of up to six months for mortgage payments. Now, historically, deferrals have been made in limited cases for situations like a military deployment. Now, let me be clear, this is, not, this is not talking about writing off payments. This would just defer them to the end of the life of the loan. So if you got a 15-year mortgage, that's 180 months of payments. Uh, you would just add six more months on to the end by deferring them now, or, or, or it could be less than that. I've, I've heard of a few states where uh, banks and credit unions and mortgage banks are, are talking about three months. It's a good start. We'll see where things go. Anything that would provide peace of mind for people, because I got to believe most Americans, number one concern after the health and safety of their family and of their friends and their associates, is got to be how do I pay the bills? And the top of that list is a mortgage. The good news is this does not require action from any level of government. Uh, it would, however, provide peace of mind, I believe, for those Americans who've either lost employment or income during the past few weeks. Now, Getting people back to work is only possible if everyone follows the simple precautions. Failure to refrain from being close to others in the workplace will likely lead to a return of the stay-at-home orders, and that will just cripple the economy. In fact, that could lead to a, a major recession. We cannot let that happen. 
Therefore, everyone must do their part. Follow the guidelines. Help us bend the curve and help us open the door. Open the door for allowing us to, to reopen the American economy with extreme caution. We, we can do this. And I got to believe I'm giving some suggestions, but I, I'm hopeful that our elected leaders and our, our private sector leaders are already putting in place plans now as we get past the point at which we've successfully bent the curve and we can start to reasonably talk about the transitioning into a fully operational economy again. It doesn't happen all at once, and it can only happen can only happen if people follow the rules. We can save our economy and put people back to work if we do a good job with the transition. This will require everyone to do their part and continue to operate with an appropriate level of caution. In doing so, we can protect the health and safety of our fellow Americans while protecting the health of the U.S. economy. We can and must do both, but it can only be done with the support of every American. I'm Scott Walker. You've been listening to Recant Call Courage. I would encourage you in the coming week until we check in again to, to be well, uh, to be healthy, uh, to look out for your family, to look out for your friends, to look out for your fellow American. God be with us all. Thanks.